Hello and welcome to Doing Good Through Food, the podcast all about food as a force for good in the world. You can find us on Twitter. We are at DGTF underscore podcast or you can just uh, just search for us by name. Or you can have a look on our website, which is doinggoodthroughfood.com, um, and you can find a, a bit more about who we are and what we're doing. Um, so today's episode is a bit different from most of the things so far. Um, rather than having a guest on here and talking about what they're doing, a couple of weeks ago I went on somebody else's podcast, um, and they had quite a sort of long talk with them about basically who I am, what I've, um, how I've got to where I am and what I'm trying to do sort of professionally and, and in the podcast as well. So I I thought I would share it on here, um, make it a, a full episode. I, I thought for a, I thought I might sort of release it as a little extra bonus or as, you know, sort of something in the middle of the week. But I, then I, I decided, no, I was going to actually put it out as a, as a full proper episode um, for anybody who's interested and it'd be interesting to see if anybody is. Um, I thought at least though it would just, you know, give give anybody who does want to know a bit more of an idea about who I am, what I'm all about and and where this podcast is hopefully going to go. So that that's it really. Um, I'll leave it there and and then we'll get into the into the discussion. It's quite a it's quite a long one, um, longer than most of the other episodes that I've done. I think the um, sort of discussion really about for the first section is kind of about me and my, I suppose, professional life from about half an hour in. It's talking about um, more about catering in general. So there might be more of interest for some people at that point. But, um, but anyway, I'm going to stop talking and get started with this. Hello and welcome to Rooted, a global village for curious thinkers and doers who really care about the impact they're making in global development. I'm your host, Remy, and today's guest is Alex Coffin, a multi-talented food industry professional who's currently taking the UK by storm with his food and beverage management consultancy and his latest venture, as host and co-founder of new podcast show, Doing Good Through Food, which has also recently been featured by iTunes as one of its new and noteworthy podcasts. Hey, Alex. Hey, Remy. Thank you for the introduction. (laughs) Not at all. You're very worthy of it. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, Glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. Not at all, Alex. Now, Alex, I mentioned to some of the rooted listeners who follow me on Facebook that I'd be having this conversation with you and I thought okay you know in order to ignite a conversation around food and what you do I decided to ask the question very simply how do we do good through food and the response was phenomenal. I mean, we went all over the place. It was just amazing. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into that um, mm. and, and everything about what your podcast is about. But first, Alex, um, mm. forgive the pun, but seriously, you are going to have to dish the goss on how on earth you managed to get a degree in philosophy 
to becoming a food genius. I mean, I was sort of wondering about this. I thought, was, did, did the philosophy help you to become more creative and curious in the kitchen? I mean, how did that translate? How? Yeah, just mm. tell me. Um, I I did do philosophy. So I, I, I studied, I actually went to university to do maths and philosophy um, and ended up dropping the maths during it and and focusing on the philosophy so I graduated in philosophy um and it didn't it didn't sort of I didn't move immediately into food from that um I left university not being entirely sure what I was going to do I want I well I, I wanted to be a diplomat um it was a hugely competitive thing and I didn't I didn't manage to get through that and then um I was my career's advice was sort of to go into law or um, something like management consultancy, which at the time I, I didn't really appeal. Um, but I still ended up, I, I was applying to the, the big consultancies, the kind of Accentures of the world and not, not really, not getting anywhere and not getting any real feedback. Um, and I, my dad at the time was on a, he, he was in the Ministry of Defence. He was on a course, um, that had lots of uh, classmates from sort of quite high up in the army. And I just went along to meet him for lunch and got talking to, to some of, some of his friends there and told them, you know, that story that I just, that bit that I just told you that I was getting no feedback and was all sort of a bit discouraged about it. And I said, well, you could do worse than speak to your local army careers advisor. You know, if nothing else, they'll give you a ton of feedback. Um, so I did. And sort of, you know, they, I, I went through the steps with them and at each stage I kind of progressed another another stage and I ended up at Sandhurst um, training to be an army officer, uh, which was brilliant. And, you know, there, there's a ton of stuff that I took from that that we could, you know, I'm sure we could talk about if <laughs> if you want to later, but it's, a, it's an incredible experience. It was you know. quite impressive. <laughs> it, well, it is. I mean, it's, it's impressive and it's, you know, it's something that you do a load of things that you just, you just wouldn't get a chance to do anywhere else and you're pushed it's such a sort of it's a crazy environment you know that you you bond with people very very quickly and you know you're pushed to, to really to your limits so it's so it's a quite a formative thing to do at that sort of age I was 20 21 22 something like wow. that um but it, it really wasn't for me um you know I, I wasn't right for it in a lot of ways but also I didn't probably the biggest one of them being I, I didn't really want to do it for its own sake you know I I um you're training to lead men into battle really you know to kind of be the person that if you're in a some awful situation and someone turns around to you and says you know why are we here you're the, you're the you're the you're the person you have to have the answer for that and it wasn't I was it sort of became very clear to me that I was doing it as a career step really rather you know for the training for because I didn't I wasn't doing anything else and so it's the wrong thing for me anyway so it's, I it's not an easy thing to kind of get out of once you are in you know and they've invested a lot of time and money and training and everything else in you yes. um but it was in the exit interviews from that that I was I was asked you know really what is it that you want to do and um I said well you know honestly I'd, I'd always thought I'd have some sort of career and then I'd um you know take whatever money I'd earn from that and set up pubs and bars I'd always I'd love the world you know <laughs> that's that world I had quite a lot of hands-on experience 
And basically I was told, well, why don't you just go and do that then? You know, why, why sort of add this extra step if that's what you want to do, do it. Um, and that's, that's where it started. So the philosophy was not, uh, I think the philosophy effect is kind of not helpful, <laughs> not directly. It's definitely not a vocational <laughs> thing. No. Um, it's kind of, uh, I think it's a way of thinking, you know, it, it trains you to analyze some really complicated stuff, you know, and, and to try and have an opinion. So it's, it's those kinds of skills, but it's not, it's not a sort of, unless you're going to be a philosophy lecturer, I don't think it's particularly vocational kind of a thing. Um, but it's, you know, being able to engage with really kind of complicated arguments and, and try and formulate your own, your own opinion on it, that sort of training is, yes. is something that stays with you. Yes, well, I mean, I'd, I'd strongly argue the value in studying philosophy. I mean, mm. for, for you must be able to apply, you know, the skills that you learn with it, you must be able to apply in so many different areas. And <clears throat> I guess even your own, what it sounds like when you're at um, Sandhurst there, your own self-reflection, which helps you to identify that, look, this isn't right for me and I, and I need to find a way of moving on. I Yeah, I think so. I mean, there, there were elements of... Um, psychology that I studied as well I took some modules in that and and both you know and that that was also very useful sort of in in uh, looking at my own thinking and also you know that that's probably been more directly applicable in my in my life since but uh, yes and so fast forwarding to beginning or launching your career in uh, food Mm and beverages industry to where you are now, which has been quite sort of a rapid growth from, from, from the trend that I sort of tracked you over. Mm. Could you expand a little bit more on that? Sure. Well, um, so the first, the first job I took out of the army and, and into the sort of, you know, the world of catering and hospitality was, um, wine bars in the city of London I I um there's a, there was a company called Davies of London that I went to train with and um they had you know I was recommended their their graduate training management type type scheme and um so I went there and it and it um became a a manager of bars with them um and learnt learnt all the basics learnt the learnt sort of you know how the business works and from the ground up so it, it, that was you know what I was why I was recommended the course I think you know that it's that it really was a good grounding in in all the sorts of skills that come into into that sort of world um I it's it's not a huge company and I you know the sort of the opportunities to progress within it were a, you know were, were limited I suppose because of that so I, I ended up moving to another pub group um and you know a much much bigger national player and and kind of working up with them and ended up running some of their big flagship places and um you know much higher turnover similar sorts of stuff but just at a higher kind of a level bigger businesses um and I suppose across the two that was we're talking seven or eight years I think um in total um so most of my 20s and then it was I was probably sort of early 
early 30s by this point and um you you know priorities shift a little bit it's it's uh, i suppose the it's the antisocial hours and and all of that um sort of thing started to become more of a more of an issue than it had been before you know i i was uh, with my my now wife you know we were she um she works as in an office job and um you know that that's just the sort of practicalities of not being able to see each other most of the time you know if you're in the world of bars particularly <clears throat> you're busy all the times that people are not so it's all evenings weekends you know and if you're if you're trying to have relationships friendships or any you know or any other kind of relationship with people who are probably general human contact outside of the working environment exactly (laughs) you know you're you have to be there when people want to be there that's that's the it's just the nature of it so it's um so I started to sort of feel like you know I needed to change um like it wasn't I wasn't happy with it and as I had been before um and it was quite a difficult time, really, because I was thinking I've put a lot of time into this and I've gone down this route that I had really thought was was sort of it. Um, you know, the, the plan had always been to set up on my own, set up my own sort of uh, businesses. And I, but I was sort of thinking, well, it's just going to be sort of it'll be the same as it is now, if not worse. You know, it'll be it'll be all the kind of evenings and weekends plus yes. all of you know it'll just be all encompassing. So I. You know, I was, I was quite um, sort of low at a point, I suppose. I was thinking I'm going to have to basically draw a line under it and retrain in something completely different. You know, I, I really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, it, I started sort of, I suppose, I reminded myself that I'd, I'd been uh, advised that management consultancy might be quite suited to my skills my kind of my personality so I started looking into that a bit more in a you know as a as a general management consultant but you know I was thinking it's I wasn't feeling too sort of confident about it I suppose I was you know having gone down the route I'd gone the the ways that people get into that general consultancy are usually either as a career expert or as a graduate and there's not you know there's not a sort of mature and you know, a different route into it that I could see. Yes. Um, I guess you didn't really it, necessarily fit too neatly into it, so you were probably trying to wonder how how best to approach it. Well, kind of. Um, yeah, you know, I think if you've if you've had a career in finance of some kind, then those those big management consultancies would be interested in your your kind of career experience. It'd be useful to them, but you know, having run pubs and bars is not is not something that they're kind of involved in. So it's not. Mm. You know, there's no, there's no sort of real route there. So, um, but it was off the back of all of that that I discovered that there, that people consulted within the catering industry, um, and that was the sort of the light bulb moment, I suppose, that it that I realised I could um, do something that that involved consulting and those those sorts of skills, that kind of something that was very you know suited to my personality but also and and you know um just lifestyle wise would fit better with you know with the relationships that I that I had and and um you know give me that time back I suppose give me that that more normal lifestyle um but also use all of the experience that I'd gained work you know working hands-on in all the businesses so um 
Yes. So yeah, that's that's kind of where that where that happened. Yes, and just listening to you there, I can, <laughs> although very different worlds, but then almost not really. I uh, <laughs> I can relate to you so much in that sense of trying out different things and sort of being perhaps the universe kicking you from one end to the next, but all the way along sort of collecting those gemstones that of, of information and knowledge that's going to add wealth to the next step. And then mm. you eventually sort of either you create or you, or you find yourself in a space where actually this, this is what really works for me uh, mm. and, and resonates with me. So I totally get that, Alex. And um, I mean, when you, when you deal with food, is it something that you, you love? Because I, I mean, just going back to earlier, I mentioned that I, w- I was talking to some of the root listeners uh, mm. who follow me on Facebook. And the other day, I I walked into I won't I won't name them, but a very uh, famous bookshop. Mm-hmm. Walked in there, and I thought, right, I must get a book on nutrition. Mm. And maybe it's because I've been abroad for a wee while, and you know, only returned to the UK roughly over about a year ago, yeah. uh, having having worked abroad in various different uh, projects. And I was just gobsmacked that what greeted me was three drops. So three, um, I think they're probably about two and a half meters uh, tall Mm. and maybe about a good meter and a half wide. Three drops full of celebrity chef cookbooks alone. Mm let alone vegetarian mediterranean i mean you've got you've got series that just expand on you know vegetables so it's like this is our book on beetroot this is our book on carrots absolutely yeah <laughs> i mean i i took these pictures and i posted it in 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 the group and i said uh thoughts guys because mm. it took up half of a third i mean this is a huge store mm-hmm. so it was like a i think it was a 15 meter wall and i think it took up at least half full of just books and and diets and everything and the response you know in addition to how do we do good through food it was just phenomenal and it's so emotive i'm just wondering do you where where do you stand with your love of food and how do you not get overwhelmed by it because I know I was I was I just literally ran away I thought oh my god (laughs) well I mean it is just it's huge you know it's such a I think particularly in the UK um there's there's a massive industry around it I think wherever you go in the world food food kind of goes very deep with people and it's it elicits this really um sort of impassioned response you know it's it's like it's the way that some of people's sort of strongest childhood memories and it's you know it can mean so many things to different people it's, it's one of the things that I'm finding with this with this show name this doing good through food you know you ask people like I think I imagine when you asked your listeners you know their thoughts on doing good through food means a lot of different things to different people right you know, it's because exactly. it can be yeah like you said it could be nutrition for a lot of people it's sort of health and things of that nature for other people it is more about sort of minimizing your footprint on the planet because it's such a such a sort of direct way that we impact the planet so you could um you know for a lot of people it's about sustainability and reducing waste and you know responsible sourcing and those sorts of things for other people I've you know a lot of the people that I've talked to so far it's more about kind of like direct direct action through food and um you know 
training people through kitchens because because um it's quite a quite an open industry if you like you know you don't have to have a lot of qualifications to get into this world is and it tends to reward people that just that work so you can you can go in through you know so i've talked to people who have been um tackling things like homelessness or you know and, and people that are coming out of prison or, or at risk of offending those sorts of things a lot of people can find their feet within that industry and and so for those kind of people doing it through food means something more yes direct but so um but yeah to, i mean to your question about food and and what it kind of means to me I'd, I'd say all of those things to some degree I kind of um what pulled me into the industry was more I think to do with the relationships so it was about um possibly not I wouldn't have really articulated it to myself at the time but the I think the reason that I was drawn to the industry as a whole is that you know, I'm saying I'd I used to work in these places and I'd always felt like I could be myself in them and that I made really genuine friendships real connections with people um in a way that I didn't whenever I had an office job or a you know some something during a holidays from school or university whatever else you, you I sort of felt I suppose that there was a degree that a degree to which I was playing a part and so was everyone else you know you'll you'll sort of operate you, there are certain standards of behavior you know you, you have to behave a certain way <laughs> yeah. um which isn't to say you know but just um you know the the catering and pubs and bars and all those things they're you know professionally run businesses but just the way that you interact with people at the point of sale you know at the at the kind of counter is um it's genuine you know there, there's a, a sort of realness to it and i think that's what pulled me into the whole world um, and then during my time in it, that's when I sort of really enga engaged with issues like nutrition, sourcing, yes. sustainability, and those kinds of things. Sure, and and like you like you touched upon. I mean, I did get. I mean, the responses ranged from everything from we, you know, for instance, there was a a lady in Sudan who was saying, well, you know, we used to tell young women when they're getting married you know the best way to keep your man or what's it the the one about food and stomach what is it the, the best way mind. to a man's heart is through the stomach i think yes, is apparently. what they say yes <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah and so uh, i said wow did it start in, you know did it start in arabic language and she was just joking but she said you know but that's one of the things that we got told and and um yeah. Then you've got people saying, well, actually, it brings together families. But nowadays, we've, you know, we've, we've got too much sugar in our food and we've got to be really careful. And some mm. people were saying, well, what's your problem? It's amazing that there's loads of books out there and diversification of the industry. And others saying, well, no, we're not paying enough attention because what about the people who can't get to eat? Mm. And the relationships you were saying as well, for instance, you know, I, and, and there was one person that mentioned quite similarly to myself that it's like you say it's about connecting with people mm. and choosing who you decide to to eat with and in which environments uh for instance if you're i mean we, we, we use sudan as an i'll use sudan as an example i mean for instance 
Is it a case of going to the posh restaurants that cater to a certain palate, or is it a case of going on on um, you know onto the road and get something that's that street food and eating amongst the the people who are hosting you in that country? Mm. It's it. There's just so much, Alex, and and really, I, I don't know how you keep your head straight with all of this. So, in terms of where you're going, how are you going to focus this all? Well, I think the. As far as the podcast goes, um, so the podcast is kind of is quite well. It's entirely separate from the the sort of consultancy that I do, and and part of the um, the sort of the nature of the consultancy is, I think, being in a consultancy in anything, you're being paid to be a, a sort of an external expert to a degree, and um, you know, so you kind of by definition, you come in, you deal with a defined issue whatever that is you know even if it's quite a long engagement and then you you disengage you you finish it and if, if you don't do that you're not a consultant so it's it's quite a kind of um I think in some in some ways it is it was kind of getting away from that connection um that had always that had drawn me into the industry in the first place so I, I loved the the sort of mental challenge of it and I meet a lot of really of great people through it but you know it's it's always it's quite a kind of distant thing, you know, sort of an analytical um, project and then and then you're out again. So that's what sparks, you know, wanting to do this um, this podcast. It was all about the sort of connection and just talking with people. And um, the, the key themes, if you like, were that I set out when I was setting all of this up were um, community. So sort of how how the industry how food and drink and you know all the businesses around it can help to make the community better so that's what's kind of drawn in all this this direct action side of it um health nutrition sustainability um and also doing good things for the people that work in the industry so those are the kind of key themes if you like and i'm just finding it um so i suppose that that's what's kind of like it's it's my compass if you like through all of this stuff if yes. if it's kind of making your head swim but um <laughs> but it, don't worry I'm keeping up it's just no, no, you know, well, it's I, huge I so but you know and so so in order to I guess you've got to just sort of just try and pinpoint it so people are following where you're going because to some people this might sound like some amazing ideas that you have but how mm. are you actually going to put it into practice and execute it I guess that's what I'm really getting yeah at. well no I, I suppose I meant more kind of like that's that's my compass not not if you're getting lost like more if, more if, I'm, <laughs> more if I'm getting lost in all of it you know because it is it's kind of overwhelming and um you know the more of these conversations I'm having the more each one of them sort of seems to lead to someone else and some you know yes. some other area that I wasn't quite aware of or whatever it's um you know some slightly different take on something that I've I've been thinking about and um I think it'll be quite organic is the is the answer um you know I want to be able to let the let the show develop and um sort of move to topics as I become aware of them I suppose aside from all of the themes, the big, the purpose of it, probably the, the biggest thing is just to be a platform for the really, the great things that people are doing. So as I find out about them, I'm, you know, I, I just want to kind of give them a, give them a platform and shout about them. Um, you know, sort of say this, this is happening. And if you, 
it's the, the audiences that I've tried to focus on particularly are kind of catering professionals in the UK. That's the, the sort of the mini audience, if you like, and it, it'll grow from that. But um, so what I'm, I suppose I'm trying to connect the people that are that audience with the, with those, all the various people that I'm talking to and saying, you know, if you want to help, if any of this is sparking something, some sort of inspiration in you, this is, this is either what you could do in your own business to help in these ways, or this is how you could help support these people. You know, that, that's, um, that's the sort of true North, I suppose. And that's, that's going to draw me through all of this stuff. Sure. And I guess through having these conversations, I mean, I'm wondering what, or perhaps it's going to change depending what it is going to change, depending on who you speak to. But I'm, I'm wondering here with this theme of, there's a word that pops off in my head, which is guidance. And I feel Mm. that there's a, there's a strong sense of that that surrounds you because given the experiences that you've had from different sides of the, well, I don't know if, if you want to call it the game, mm. essentially. Why not? Let's call it that. The game. It's yeah. not football, but it's called the game. Okay. Uh, <laughs> given that you've, you've um, I think things from both sides of the coin, that's probably a better way of expressing mm. it. Um, would you therefore be trying to guide these conversations in the way that you, you you're sort of getting some value that can then be passed down to anyone who's listening or are they I'm just wondering how you're going to connect these audiences and keep that interest running because like you say hmm. some people might be more into it because of the uh the nutrition side and that would be their main focus some guys mm-hmm. are going to be into it because of the sustainability some people maybe they're starting out in their careers how much of the show is just giving a platform and how much of your own insight is going to be 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 in the uh in the podcast um i think i think that's a good question i it's quite early days in the podcast and so far it has definitely been um I've been sort of sitting back and letting people talk um you know like I said really just kind of trying to shine a light on what they're doing and I suppose what I my approach has been that I I have the experience to to kind of know the questions that I would want to ask or would have wanted the answers to at some point in my career so they I suppose that's how I've connected it up so far um and and i think directing people to the you know to the different parts of doing good through food you know the different themes that are of particular interest to them i think that's probably just about um explaining what the shows are all about and and uh you know sort of keeping it to those because the the shows would tend to be about one of the themes more than anything else so you know even if it draws in a number of them it will probably be more about say sustainability um you know and probably just explaining to people at the outset that this is a conversation predominantly about sustainability um all of them because the people i'm talking to tend to be kind of catering industry figures of some description so really into every episode there's an element of how did you get where you are and and what would you advise to people that are sort of coming up who are interested in in the things that you're talking about and you know the kind of the challenges that you overcame that sort of thing so those are that comes into every episode or it has done so far um 
and then there's probably a kind of a key theme. So it's really just highlighting that. Um, my plan is to move it on, move, start filming the interviews, is to set up a studio and, and sort of film these things face to face. And I think off the back of that, it'll, you know, I'll, I'll post these things on YouTube in, a, in sort of short form as well as the long form interview. And I think that'll be an easier way for people to engage with um, the, the, the parts the particular bits that, inter- that uh, interest them. Sure. Mm. And, I mean, earlier, you, you know, you, I guess you've mentioned a couple of times that your audience, well, at the moment your focus is on UK-based audiences. Mm. Now, I'm curious to know what sort of following you've had so far on the podcast and also what, I mean, whether you've had the time to maybe look into this, but what plans you may have in order to expand your audiences because mm. the notion of sustainability and how we nurture ourselves, this is universal as mm. we've, we've already looked at. Absolutely. How would you, you, you seek to try to approach those elements that I've just uh, mentioned there? Okay. Um, well, it's, it, it has been finding an audience already, which is, I mean, like you said in your introduction, it made it onto, um iTunes no, new and noteworthy which I think I think is partly I don't know congratulations if it's, by thank, the way well thank you thank you very much it I, I can't really take much credit for it because I didn't really do anything and it also <laughs> it it kind of it dropped off again so it's not there now so if, if anybody knows how to uh, get it back on there that would be great but, but it was the there so I was yeah I don't know what it is so I, I know that part of it is is kind of um just a numerical thing I, th- I think that their downloads come into it um whether or not there's sort of also somebody curating it and somebody just kind of likes the sound of it or like the idea and and sort of bumped it up the list I, I don't really know how it happened but um for whatever reason it was getting picked up I mean the the episodes being listened to um I think the the highest the most downloaded one is at about 1500 downloads now so that's you know which is a lot of wow yeah I, I don't know I don't know who the people are you know the the kind of um the majority are in the UK but people have been listening uh in America um quite sort of the biggest uptake outside of outside of the uk seems to be there i don't know whether that's just because of it being on new and new and noteworthy um because i think podcasts are a bigger thing in general in the states um but you know audience yeah yeah, exactly they're kind of uh I, I, i don't know how many years ahead but sort of some way ahead in in just uh engaging with podcasts as as a way of uh well just just as a thing um so, so yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of how it's doing at the minute. I've been trying to engage with, with the different audiences. Um, well, with the, the kind of catering audience, I suppose that I, I focused on that because, you know, it's where my expertise is and I'm talking to people who are kind of approaching all these various issues through, through catering, uh, things like sustainability and what have you. So it will, you know, it might well pull in a, a general audience and you know if you're talking about stuff like um the kinds of places on the high street that are really doing great things to to address these issues um you know that might well inform someone who's just who just cares about the issues you know it might might influence where they go to eat or some something like that but i i thought where i could really make a a, 
and impact, I suppose, is trying to engage people at the start of their careers, um, you know, people within the catering industry at, in whatever format. So if they're, um, say, like a you know a supervisor or an assistant manager or something like that, who um, they're you know they they are on board and they're committed, um, or you know maybe maybe within the kitchen kind of route, they but they're they're quite they're they're in this and they're they're doing it, but they're at quite an early stage it might kind of open their eyes to some of the possibilities, you know, some career wise, <clears throat> excuse me. And also um, in terms of their practices within the business, you know, if, if I could get, you know, get the kind of um, information, the, the sort of the wisdom, if you like, of people who have done all of this stuff and, put it in a format, um, you know, to the, to the people starting out in their, in their careers who might put it into practice there, you know, then, then perhaps that's the way I could have the biggest impact. So that, that's, um, I suppose to engage with them, I've, I've been writing to, um, kind of catering colleges, if you like, and to say, can I approach your students and, you know, have them as a, as a, focus group if you like you know to to tell me what they want what they want to know and who they want to hear it from so um and aside from that things like twitter and you know just trying to have a conversation um with people to 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 hear what their to hear what their thoughts are sure and and just to extend that i mean what about your non-western potential audiences well i think that's you know that I, I think social media is probably the way that I can engage best with people on you know more broadly um at least to start with i I think having guests on who have a kind of international perspective or a different um a different take on all of these things might might really help it as well so if you know if there are people who are you know, either within a, you know, sort of catering industry in a different country or perhaps supplying or, I don't know, involved in any in any sort of way or, or um, have something to say about the way that the choices in the UK and the catering industry in particular, you know, the effects that they have elsewhere, that would be a really quite, a, you know, a powerful way of, I think, informing the audience that I have already and growing it to new ones so i mean it's, it's it would be i would love to to join up the conversation as much as possible you know and and, and engage as many people as i can with it so um because i'm sort of you know just starting starting with a sort of a focus but i definitely you know looking to build out from it as as far and as as you know as big as i can yes i, I only ask because it just came to mind that in recent sort of weeks I've spoken to a number of people <clears throat> around the world who uh, not only would be really interested in what you're talking about but also have that international awareness themselves so for instance people who have been brought up in the UK or had or have spent quite a lot of time in the UK but yet have maybe for instance done career changes I mean I recently spoke to a double MA uh, political science journalist mm. who is based in uh, Egypt and Sudan and decided to jack it all in to become a baker 
two wow. years ago. Yeah, Amazing. And an incredible woman. You'll have to listen to the episode. Um, but off the back of that conversation, <clears throat> loads of people, I mean, she she started talking about the fact that, you know, it started off as a, as a home a home business, home run business, and people were really fascinated. So I'm just thinking that sort of ties in with your management consultancy there. And also just thinking about people knowing what goes into their food, it's really, really important for them. And I just think back to my travels where I, I remember, again, it sounds like I'm always shocked, doesn't it? Wherever I go, <laughs> Remy's always shocked at stuff. Uh, <laughs> I remember uh, sort of, you know, heading out to the desert and being just thinking, what on earth, where the hell am I? Why in this, you know, one of the capitals I was in, just mm. thinking, uh, so hold on a minute. Unemployment's really high, but yet we've got every other shop or, or premises being fast food. Mm. What sort of impact is that having on the country in terms of sustainability what's going on is it because it's 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 cheap to do uh or uh, you know it just boggled the mind really but mm. i know that for instance you know if it were something that you were to go down the path of uh you know you'd really you'd have a good following there i think um wanted to pick your brain in terms of the management consultancy and the sustainability so just just uh you know dropping your nuggets thought. there yeah. alex yeah, thank you. thought indeed. indeed well you know absolutely if anybody's you know if, if that's the audience that you are you know engaged with already and they and they are interested in what i'm talking about then listeners are a very yeah. savvy lot alex i'll yeah, tell you that I, I don't doubt it <laughs> absolutely but no i mean I, I i would love to and i mean food it's like you it sort of comes back to what you were saying about just the it is such a broad topic that brings in so many mm. sort of um really difficult and kind of thorny and uh, yes. deep issues for for people in all you know all environments i mean in the uk food poverty is a huge thing and you know it's just like you were saying fast fast food um outlets being complete you know particularly prevalent in in lower income places and you know the the why that happens and what the effect of it is you know is is uh you know it is it it's not a, an easy thing to discuss there are there are all sorts of reasons that that happens and and you know some people try to do things to to change that and yeah i mean it, it's an, it's a very interesting and and uh sort of tricky conversation to have but I'm, sure. i i want to get into all of that <laughs> all of it i right, bring it on yes yes <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. and look you know i'm not expecting you to uh you know, don your Superman costume and mm. say, right, here are my superpowers. I'm going to go in and I'm going to save the world and yeah. all the rest of it. Yeah, listen <laughs> up, everyone. I've, I've, I've got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, may, never say never. But it's, you. I don't know. <laughs> it, I, I'm, I'm wearing it now, yeah, <laughs> coincidentally enough. Um, but yeah, that's, that's not. Uh, that's not in my Superman capacity. <laughs> but I, well, what I, what I do think or what I am hearing is that you certainly want to be a voice for a number of different people who, you know, already you found that following for. And, and you know, mm. you are obviously open to expanding as the opportunities present themselves. Mm. I just wanted to know 
what sort of value do you think that you can add by doing this? Um. I mean, do you want to be a speaker internationally? Would you, or, or would you just say that this is something that you just feel is something that's a, 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 needs to be done on a consistent basis, and that's how you, you that's how you're going to use your voice? I think whatever else I do, I'll do this on a consistent basis. So the the kind of the the main motivation is to is to kind of give a voice, give a platform to the things that are being done. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest value that I can that I can add. The big, you know, the most valuable thing that I can do. Um, certainly in the short term. I mean, if if opportunities to speak came up, and you know, it was something that I I felt able to to add, you know, add something to there, then I'd, you know, certainly I'd love to do it. Um, you know, whether there's there's a way of of pulling this these kinds of conversations together in different formats to you know to write something to to add to that enormous section of the bookshop who knows (laughs) you know there's possibly I mean it could go lots of ways but I think the um well I'm sure that the core of it will be this the podcast and that will just be a consistent thing um you know we'll be releasing an episode each week um audio only for now but you know video as well yes. in time and um and being a platform I, I think I mean the thing that made me really think that I that I could do this um you know I have got my uh my sort of experience in the industry and I've got you know my my opinions and all, all of those sorts of things that I'm very happy to to share but the the kind of I think the key the access if you like that I've got is from being a consultant you um, when you're in operations, you, there, there's kind of almost a silo mentality. You almost, you know, people that work in pubs work in pubs, and you know, the career path is sort of onwards in that route. And restaurants are something different, and hotels are different again. And you know, let alone something that's kind of associated but not directly in the industry. It's kind of, um, and then having become a consultant, you sort of, and sorry, I was going to say, being in, in operations, you also sort of you just see one company's way of doing things. Um, I think that's probably universal. You know, if, if you're, if you work for a company, you learn a way of doing things and it's quite hard to question that sort of stuff when you're within it. When you, the value of being a consultant and sort of coming in um, to different companies and different organizations temporarily and, and then sort of engaging with lots and lots of different catering companies to get them into those sorts of institutions, which is largely what I do is that you see a lot of different ways of doing things and you also have access to a lot of people from different areas at quite a senior level. You know, lots of people want to talk to you. So it sort of felt like I can bring a lot of people together around this, possibly from a different, uh, you know, sort of a different set, sort of section, different cross-section of people than than you might normally be able to get, you know, or quite a varied cross-section. So that's, I felt like I was in quite a, quite a sort of unique position to be able to do that so I think continuing to do that is a way that I can really I can really kind of add value to everything that is being done because there, there's what I'm discovering every time I do this and every time I learn something else is just how much amazing stuff there is you know already being done yes. I think I, I think quite a lot of 
not just in not just in this actually probably more sort of generally but i think the um sort of one of the most valuable things we could do generally is just is link these things up you know there's there link up like-minded people not reinventing the wheel you know sort of right. when when people sharing are best practice. sharing best practice but creating partnerships making people aware of what's being done you know what the possibilities are but also what you you know what the potential for partnerships are and mm. you know how how these how these various issues are being addressed by people already you know i, I think there's a, a real value in sharing that as widely as possible um you know and sort of to, to amplify the effect of all of it i agree and i guess what comes up in my mind at the same time though is that i mean i, I think it's i think it's fantastic that you are in a position to you know, get some quite big names let's let's put it bluntly mm. uh, on on the show and, and gathering that support as well what about if anyone was sort of thinking to themselves well that's all very well but what if he decides to or not necessarily you but the, anyone involved just decides to leverage everything in order to make this a money spinner as opposed mm. as opposed to doing good through food i mean have you thought about that potential criticism how to mitigate the risk of being perceived as that or mm. well I, I think the um uh, yes it, yes is the short answer and um it's it's really it's important to me that this that the the podcast is quite pure you know it is what it is just what it is um yes. there was you know when i was setting it up that i i did sort of think is that would it be a a kind of almost an offshoot or or kind of a part of my consultancy and i and i sort of basically almost as soon as the question came up it was you know i immediately it's just no that's that's not what i want it to be and it's not what it's not what it should be about it's not about um it's not about that um so i think keeping the, the business and the podcast separate is is one is one key way of of kind of keeping that authenticity around it i i don't know i mean if if i end up building an audience who have particular needs and want to you know to do want to engage with with me in sort of in some sort of different way i can see doing that i mean if if there was setting up meetings or you know some kind of event like conference is the wrong word but you know i can i can imagine doing something like that um and feeling that that didn't compromise what i was you know what i was doing and what it was all about um feeling comfortable with that but that that is a vague thought at best at the minute the 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 total focus is is just doing the show and giving the platform i it, it is finding an audience but i don't know how far that will go um and i think i think it's very important if it's going to if it's going to grow and become what i would want it to become which is more than anything a movement um you know a forum for people to really engage and talk about these things and and perhaps you know a way of advocating as well a platform for that but um you know i, I think it's important that it just is is very very much just what it is at the outset Yes, and I can, you know, I can hear your sincerity in that, Alex. And 
Um, Glad that comes across. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I have had the pleasure to speak to you briefly before mm. we recorded it, and I do have a wonderful sense about you, and, you know, you wouldn't be on the show if I, if I felt otherwise, to be honest with you. Mm. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Not at all. Um, one thing I, I guess I was thinking was, you know, you have mentioned that you want to be putting out there what's going on. So mm. tell us, what is going on out there? What are some of the most amazing initiatives that you've heard of or many people that you've interviewed? And, you know, what's touched your heart? What what has, has inspired you all over again? Um, I spoke um, I spoke recently to a guy called Simon Boyle who uh, runs a restaurant called The Brigade and also a, a charitable foundation called Beyond Food. Um, and he, it, it was a fascinating conversation. He had um, been working for Unilever as a kind of product development. So quite, he was quite a high level chef and well, very high level chef in fact. And he, and he had um, gone into, he was working for Unilever kind of developing products and, and it seemed like he had quite a, kind of um conscientious approach then you know within that so he was um, responsible for reducing a lot of salt content in products and and things of that nature um but he he was telling me the story of um how he kind of found his mission which was in the um in the wake of the tsunami um in i forget the date of it but um he basically traveled out and did did aid work um to he felt, felt he had to had to get involved um in the in the cleanup operation and and in just sort of trying to um trying to help people he got this real sort of sense of mission around it and was you know talked to the people that he was working for they gave him this sabbatical to go and do it and he kind of he came back knowing that he would you know things had changed for him and he had to he couldn't just go back into his job he had to he had to do something more with it and um set up this foundation that essentially aims to to tackle homelessness and to do it through through food um and develop the the foundation and and then the restaurant off off the back of that which is now a, a training facility and um you know, brings people. A lot of the people when they start the programs are are homeless at that point, or they're through, or they're in a sheltered accommodation or something like that. And it, it's um, it was just inspiring to listen to him. Um, you know how clear he was about his mission and and how tangible what he was doing was. So that was um that made me sort of think there are people out there doing the, I, I knew of the restaurant, but I hadn't really heard it in those ways. And it, it sort of, yeah. it really kind of hit me and made me think, I really, really want to be doing this. I want to be, <laughs> I want to be telling people things like this, you know, I, I want people to know. So that, that was, um, that was a, a really, a big one. Um, I mean, as and and from the, I've had an, another conversation really recently um, with a guy called Andre Harriet, who was who was in a, a um, sort of R and B pop band in the UK. Um, 
Damage, was it? Damage, that's right. Yeah, he was in, you know, a, a big band, a really big band at the time. And um, Yeah, I remember I was a fan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember them from back then as well. And, and um, you know, and, and I'm sure you want me to tell you that they are they are reformed and they're doing it again. So oh, really? uh, just, just uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, look them up. <laughs> it was a while ago, Alex. It was now. a while ago, I, mean, I know, um, I know. No, good, good. To, I might have to YouTube that later. Do, do look him up. But, <laughs> but he was—he'd um, the band had broken up, and he had, um, you know, he he'd made some money and was in. You know, he could have gone in all sorts of directions, and his um, he travelled and he he basically came back and was. He had this this sort of mission as well. He's like you know he had he came back to kind of where he'd grow, grown up and seen what had happened to his peer group, you know, and so he was say, sat across from me and he was saying, you know, well, some of them done really well. Some of them were made some bad decisions and were, were incarcerated and some of them were dead, you know, and that was just, a, and he said, you know, when you, he felt like there's this, there was this huge slice of luck in his life that he had this, he, he had this talent, um, but also that he, he was given opportunities that he had luck along the way that um that meant that he was able to use that talent to to get out of that situation and so but he came back wanting i think really clear about how lucky he'd been and wanting to kind of help people up you know to to help people so he he set up this this charity um called the the liminality group um which was all about Sorry, you repeat that again? the liminality group okay. um <laughs> yeah which is it's all about so i i in the research for talking to him but lim, liminal spaces is this idea of if there's a ritual um when somebody enters the ritual they have a kind of an identity before it and then during this ritual they're in this space where their identity is broken down but they haven't taken the new identity yet so he was he said it just kind of struck a chord it was all about this liminal space where people are on the threshold of you know going maybe one way or the other and that that's where he wanted to work so his whole mission is about um helping young vulnerable young people and children um avoid lives of crime and and rehabilitating people who have gone down that route and has you know he started pairing with people in the in the catering industry as well to to kind of get them some placements and so that, that, that's what we were talking about but again it was like it was fascinating you know what somebody who's found this kind of mission and is you know somebody who could have done something else but wanted to wanted to kind of give back wanted to do something good and um so, you know, I, I can't wait to have the next conversation to find out what, you know, what, what I'm going to find out next. It seems like every right. time it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just, just the more, <laughs> the more and more I listen to, I'm just thinking doing good through food, such an easy thing to say. And it's a, you know, well, quite frankly, a blooming cracking title for a podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> I wasn't sure when I, when I came up with it, I was like, oh, does that sound a bit goofy? You know, it's kind of, doing good. but then it, it really, it sort of, just works. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just it kind of just works. It's sort of it's yeah, you know, the more I've sat with it, I think it really it kind of says what I, you know, what I want it to be about, you know, it's, it's kind of broad enough it pulls all these things in. Yes. And uh but yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm glad. Now thank you. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely. And and like you say it is about the I mean, and maybe it, 
in in some ways we're going full circle again i mean this sense of food being so emotive mm. essentially and and touching so many areas of our lives i'm just wondering in in terms of your your own sort of story here and and your own connection to what you've been through mm. along your journey and up to this point are there any sort of really powerful lessons that you've you've had to learn along the way that you think would be relevant for anyone sort of listening i mean <clears throat> I, I don't know maybe if i can try and frame this for you i mean for most people the image that they get of chefs or maybe Gordon Ramsay, people yelling and screaming mm. and people working really long hours and, like you say, not having much of a life and all the rest of it, versus the quote-unquote glamorous side of it. Mm. But all that, to me, is, it's all very, very much smoke and mirrors. For the person behind it, what really what really goes on? I mean, how do you manage to stay at your core, within your core throughout it all? Um, so a couple of questions there, so I'm really sorry, but yeah, I'm, no, I'm, just right. I'm, I'm, I'm just, conversation. I'm just thinking, <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's, I think, um, mm, I, yeah, th- there is, there is a sort of an, a glamorous side of it, particularly with the kind of, you know, the celebrity chef and the, you know, the, the cookbook side of things. And, um, but even, you know, even in the kind of highest end types of businesses, you know, the five-star hotels and, and, and that world, you know, there, there is, um, there's a whole world of stuff going on kind of behind the scenes and, you know, people are, um, I don't know, working very long hours, sometimes not for very much money. Um, you know, you, you're dealing with, I mean, it's a strange thing, particularly in those sorts of places. I think, you know, if you have to come out front of house and deal with, you know, the CEO of some huge company or, you know, some, something like that. And then you sort of go back into the kitchens and, you know, you're, you're, you, you have to be able to deal with, you know, everybody from the, you know, the, the pot washers washing dishes through to the, you know, delivery drivers doing your, delivering everything into the business. And you, you have to be able to sort of to deal with everybody on a, on a kind of, in a real way, you know, you have to be able to be yourself with all those people and, um, and just, just sort of take everybody as, as they are. I think I, I don't know. I, I think that's kind of how it's been, what I've, tr- how I've tried to, approach all of it as well one of the things I was always I always felt I was good at you know within within the industry was building a team of people um and um I suppose it I suppose it kind of comes down to sort of honesty integrity though those sorts of things I think I think even when you, you know you see a lot of the there's shouting chefs on tv that that kind of I think people have quite a clear image of that, but you know, that comes from, 
generally comes from quite a good place or rather if it if it comes from a good place I think people know it you know if it's just that the chef is absolutely obsessed with the the that everything has to be perfect and it's you know that it that it's that it's coming from that place people respect it if it's that somebody's just thinks that's how you should do it and shouts at people because they're you know because they like to shout at people that people know that as well I think um it's not my way I'm not I'm not that sort of (laughs) I'm not that sort of character I never was so I kind of um you know the way I would lead people is just is sort of a, a reflection of of me which is which is kind of generally about um I don't know, supporting people. And, um, you know, I always found if I tried to give people opportunities and develop them and, and really sort of, um, genuinely, genuinely cared about helping them get on, then they wanted to work for me, um, and listen to what I had to say that that was my sort of take on it. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question or not. I feel like I'm kind of, I've I've slightly (laughs) forgotten what it was, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm warming to my themes. Yeah. You go for it. <laughs> well, I, I don't know where I was going. With it, but I think I think all you know, all of that that I just said was 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 true. So, so there you go. That's um, yeah. well, well, look, I think what you were 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 touching upon there was issues of leadership, and mm. essentially, you're talking about the way that you've been able to lead people. Essentially, has been with. Um, maybe a sort of um, honey to the bee sort of mode as opposed to, you know, with vinegar. <laughs> yeah, more more carrot than stick, definitely. Yeah. That's my, my sort <laughs> of, my approach. <laughs> right, I, I hear you. And, mm. and but, but to stay balanced like that, because not everyone is capable of, of leading in that particular way, what do you do? What, what does Alex Coffin do in order to keep his balance? And you know, what do you, what do you do to bring joy and a sense of peace in your everyday? Because I, I you know, you, you can't fool me. I know you're going to be a pretty busy guy. Yeah. I mean, I've, uh, I was, you know, obviously busy when I was running the business's hands on that was just kind of, you know, all encompassing. Um, these days, you know, I, I run my own business and I, I largely work from home, um, which which kind of gives a degree of flexibility. I've got a you know, home office, but I am I'm busy with the work. I'm busy, uh, you know, with this podcast now as well, and I've I've got a young family, so it's yeah. This time is taken up. Do you, do you mean sort of um, kind of personally what what I do to yeah, to bring joy? You, you, I uh, mean, you know, to bring any sort of balance to it. I mean, for you to have just just shared how you how you lead Mm. you know with integrity with all those different core values of being able to what it sounds like is you know empathizing with people Mm -hmm. that's not an easy thing to do in a very busy environment so in order for you to sort of keep your balance Mm. I'd, (laughs) I'd say um exercise is quite a is is a big thing for me um for mentally you know that that's that's kind of probably the thing that helps um more than anything really it's uh, it really kind of came in in that whole army episode um you know i, I had that that <laughs> whole business to it. <laughs> well it feels like an episode it's, it's odd because it kind of um yeah experience but it i, say, I suppose i say episode because it feels like it stands alone in my 
experience <laughs> like not much before it led up to it and it, it you know it feels like this isolated thing but anyway that um <laughs> But for that, I had to get uh, much, much fitter than I was. You know, I, I did used to um, do a lot of exercise when I was young. I, I used to swim competitively at the age, you know, up to about the age of 12, but then 12 or 13, something like that. But then it really, it really sort of all dropped off. Um, you know, I I just, I was very into music and um, just different interests. Exercise and sports weren't really sort of high on the list of priorities although you know I'd, I'd do bits and pieces but it was um it took a massive sort of leap up the up the list of priorities when I when I was um getting into and going through the whole army training um and since then I've I've always wanted you know I kind of I suppose I, I set a level of fitness and I've always I've wanted to kind of maintain it to a degree but um just in terms of just for mental um, clarity, I suppose, and being, I, I think that's the answer, you know, for being able to be that way with people. I, 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 I would quite often, I quite often find, or I would quite often find myself feeling stressed and it would, I'd realise that I've not done any exercise for right. some amount of time. And, you know, so I'd go out for a run or I'd go and do some training of some, some kind and, you know, things would seem far better, you know, much more manageable. Yeah. So that's, um, and particularly as I'm getting older, I'm, you know, I'm nearly 40, it sort of feels like it's, um, it's kind of more and more important that I do those things just to, to sort of keep a level of strength and flexibility and, and those kinds of things. Um, but main, mainly it's a mental thing. You know, if, if I don't, if I go for more than a few days without doing something, it's um, my my kind of general state of mind tells me <laughs> I need to do something. Yeah. Well, it obviously works because I've, I've seen you very briefly when we've spoken over, <clears throat> over the internet and mm. uh, you, you look far younger beyond, uh, far younger than your years, Alex. So uh, no, thank you very much. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> a method that works. Now for anyone yes. uh, working in your profession, is there any, <clears throat> any other advice you would give to essentially help them do good through food i mean they may not have all the contacts that you have may not have mm. a podcast show mm-hmm. um, perhaps limited uh, resources as you mentioned some of them might not earn that much money etc mm-hmm. etc et on and on and on but what could they do what in order to do? do good through food maybe to encourage their establishments whatever how best to approach it because it's a huge thing and i know some 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 organizations mm. would be maybe a little bit tentative of getting involved well yeah i mean i think it's i think you would find you know most most organizations it's it's kind of up their agenda these days um a lot of these issues are are more important to them than, than they than they were certainly um so i suppose probably the first first piece of advice would probably be you know if they're working within a company um to and they they have a they're keen to do something in particular um to to talk to someone about it sort of suggest that that they you know try and and put a case to their to whoever their direct line manager is i'd like to you know i'd like to look at food wastage across these 10 pubs or bars or whatever, you know, whatever it is they work in and try and reduce things, you know, try and reduce wastage by 
X amount. You know, I, don't, I can't imagine that many area managers or whoever it was they're talking to would say no. Um, so that might be a way they could do it. There, there are lots of schemes that are kind of cost free. A good example would be, say, um, pay it forward schemes. Um, you know, they, if they're working in a business that, that serves the public, they might look to set up a pay it forward scheme so customers can, you know, perhaps rather than leaving a tip or rather than, uh, well, you know, maybe as well as leaving a tip or whatever, you know, they, they, customers can put something, can pay for a meal that somebody else can come in and, and claim, you know, a, a homeless person yes. or a vulnerable person of some some description and there i've i've seen you know a number of these sorts of schemes um being set up and you know sometimes it's it's great pr for the business itself so you know an owner might be keen to let you do that just for that reason but i mean even even if no one ever knew about it other than the people that are affected you know that would be a way of directly doing something good that didn't cost money Sure. to um you know it's just a way of and, and that's a really sort of powerful thing as well to do because if it lets it kind of humanizes the person that's getting whatever that thing is it lets it lets them you know come into a place and feel welcomed and accepted and that so i mean that that would be a very direct way that somebody in the industry could could start and i say the i say the other thing they should do is just talk to people i mean you know you're you're right that the job that I do now and the podcast that I've set up is a really powerful way of having these conversations. But, you know, you, you'd be surprised how how willing people are to engage with you. Um, senior people within the industry, it's, it's one of those industries that most people have come through it, you know, up to sort of the up to the very senior levels. Most people have have kind of gone through it. So talk to somebody and, you know, talk about these these ideas i mean ask if somebody would mentor you if there's someone who's done something that that particularly inspires you they they very few people ask for these sorts of things you know you think they you think they do but they really don't so what could you know what's the worst that could happen ask, ask <laughs> them you know if they say no they say no yeah. exactly you know but you know if there's somebody who is in the position that you think you will you want to be in would you know would they mention you that that would be a way of learning this sort of you know learning a lot of stuff yes very quickly and in a really sort of uh deep way the kind of stuff that that takes you a you know a whole career to learn absolutely and you know you i mean i could just go on and on talking to you alex it's so it's really fascinating yeah. <laughs> and it's food um yeah. <laughs> i'm just thinking there you know you 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 mentioned a few few a few ways how people who are in the industry can bring about change and mm. i'm just wondering about for the people like me mm. <laughs> who are at home listening or wherever they mm-hmm. may be <clears throat> not in the food industry but would like to really reach out are there I mean, are there ways that they could help me? Obviously, I, I love the idea about giving a little bit extra, mm-hmm. uh, you know, leaving a generous tip so that someone else can have some food. I mean, for me, that screams out, you know, sort of kicking food in the butt with love, you know, so mm-hmm. it's all the better. What could people do 
just in their local areas do you think like if someone said right tomorrow I want to do something to mm. I've been inspired by Alex Coffin I want to get out there and do something but you laugh Alex but you, you know you don't know who's listening honestly no um, I know I mean it's, it's just <laughs> it's just a kind of I'm I'm new to this it's a funny thing to think but you know I'd, I'd love to think that that it had that effect so it's it's uh yeah no that'd be great I, I what would I say I mean I suppose things, a big part of it, a lot of, the, a lot of these issues um, kind of follow the market, you know, so if there is, if the market, you know, if people through their choices are saying we want fair trade and sustainable and whatever, you know, whatever else food, big, big kind of suppliers, big distributors, you know, the supermarkets in this country, they, they will follow that. It might be a slow process, but they will. So I, I think, the idea that you know a single person can't affect things like that is is wrong you know and I, I think I think talk about these things you know make make your purchases more kind of deliberately more consciously is is a way that people can do it if you've got space I'd say you know looking look to growing food it's it's easier than than you might think there are also quite a lot of um organizations around that will help you set things up particularly if you're living in a city in the UK um then the name escapes me but I, if I I could always email that to you if I, when I remember <laughs> it you could you put that in a show note but um right. there were, you know they could google around there are, there are those sorts of those sorts of things um I mean all of the kind of businesses that um that I've talked about you know those, those kind of people need supports you know a lot of them uh, are kind of essentially charitable organizations so I mean there's a direct financial way that people can help them but you can also give your time to any of these sorts of people um there's there's a fantastic organization called Fair Share in the UK that I'm really hoping to to talk to at some point and they um have just won a charity of the year award actually and they they redistribute food um, food that would be wasted from supermarkets to um, mainly charitable institutions, but also you know things like care homes and other places that uh, where it's turned into meals, you know. And so they they have organisations like that have a large voluntary element, and you know you could, you could certainly get involved in something like that. There are there are, there are more than I can think of, <laughs> More, you know, too too many. I could just sit here listing them. There, yes. there are things like the the food assembly. People could look into that. Um, that was something set up in France that is is becoming established in the UK. But that's um, a way of uh, of basically a platform for um, farmers and producers to sell directly to um, individuals. So you'd. Um, a location will provide some space and local farmers will say what is available, you know, what, what's in season, what they can supply and people yes. basically place their order through an app and go to this location and collect it. So all of the, whatever is paid for it, which is probably lower than supermarket prices, but it all goes to the producer that, you know, that's a huge and direct way that somebody can, can help their local community. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I don't doubt it at all. Not yeah. at all. Mm. Um, I'm just thinking there's just so much here and, and 
you know, naturally we could just go on forever. Mm. I feel like that about all my guests, actually. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's, maybe it's you. It's, yeah. <laughs> I can go <laughs> <spot> on. Um, <laughs> I am, I mean, yes, as, as you mentioned, uh, you, you can forward me those emails when you do think of them. Yeah. Yeah. I will be putting the uh, links to your, how people can contact you, mm. um, be letting them know how they can do that. Uh, so Great. I do think you will be cross-posting this uh, on Doing Good Through Food. I will, yeah, I'll put right. it up. Okay, sure. Mm. Um, but before we sort of round to a clo- close, sorry, I'm <laughs> just wondering, is there anything that I've missed? Is there anything that you'd really like to throw in there before we, before we, uh, before we wrap up, Alex? Um, I, I don't I don't think there's anything that I, I feel we've missed you know it's um like you said we could we could kind of talk on there's there's so much <laughs> stuff but I mean there's um I suppose just the message that there is a, so much good stuff being done you know when you when you start to look for all these things it's it's almost overwhelming you know you, you get quite a um there's a sort of negative bias to press in general I think you know it's it's a reflection of how we are as people that we focus on that sort of side of things and there you know there's an awful lot of negativity or difficult issues and and uh you know frightening things going on but there's a lot of good stuff as well and and certainly through the world of food people are doing a lot of a lot of stuff very directly so so look you know look for it and and you'll find it get involved Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's a really nice way for you to round off there. So, Alex, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to Rooted. It has been an absolute joy to spend this time. I mean, I did say to you before that time would fly by and it certainly has for me. It has, yeah. It's, it's, uh... <laughs> it's been a fair wee while. Mm. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. and you know, Great, me too. You've touched on so many so many key points there Mm. um just following your journey alone has inspired me really just to keep that focus and you know to really make sure that you know one can do all that they can in order to keep separate what needs to be kept separate when you've got your mission that's what you stick with and you know you, you you've got your your heart and your soul in it and when it comes to the business yep you can throw all those things into it as well um the way you've been able to keep everything going all at once <laughs> and in its infant infancy mm. um you know really i think you're a, a credit to the podcast world and you held your place although briefly in the new and noteworthy section yes um, briefly I'll be, uh, you'll get hope, back there we'll get back there hopefully climb back in there or maybe 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 I'll just you know get to one of the the other lists the the, the just the the top one I don't, i'm not sure what that it's is but only, uh, yeah. it's only the beginning and i can't wait exactly. to see what happens next so thank you oh, so well, thank much you. for your time alex and uh, i hope to welcome you back to the show soon brilliant thanks very much Remy. take care And uh, to everyone who's listening, bye-bye out there too. Take care.